Teams cannot not communicate, but they can communicate pretty poorly. Hey leader, David Burkus here, organizational psychologist and author of four best-selling books on helping leaders and teams do their best work ever. And part of doing your best work on a team is communication. Teams can't not communicate. I know that seems like a double negative, but it actually makes sense. You have to share information. You have to keep the team updated on what you're doing, but a lot of teams struggle here. In fact, a majority of conflict and frustration on a team comes from poorly executed communication. But fortunately, there's some great research here that'll help us unpack how to communicate better on a team. Researcher Alex Pentland takes a brilliant and novel approach at breaking down team communication and talking about how great teams communicate. Instead of creating weird experiments with undergraduates in a lab, or instead of just giving surveys to lots of different teams, Alex and his team, Alex and his team, that's actually kind of a funny way to say it, actually start miking up and monitoring individual members of the team. So they take real life teams and hook them up with wires to figure out who's talking to who and how by studying good teams in the real world. And in doing so, we found four really interesting things about how great teams communicate differently and hence do their best work ever. The first is that great teams communicate equally. What we mean here is that there isn't one or two people dominating the conversation. Great teams take care to take turns and make sure they've heard from everyone. Sometimes this means because they have a great team leader who is willing to silence the over-talkers and amplify some of the unheard voices, but often this is a cultural thing. As a team grows in its trust and respect for each other, it'll recognize that there's some genius that everyone here on the team contributes to, and so they'll make sure that every single person gets heard. Great teams know that that the needs of the team outweigh their own individual needs, including their own weird selfish need to continue to talk all of the time. And so they listen more to make sure that they're hearing from everyone on the team. In addition, they won't assume consensus. They won't just assume that if no one is sharing, it's because everybody agrees. They will actively seek out feedback on an idea from every single person on the team. Great teams communicate equally, and as a result, more of that privileged information that one or two members of the team may have gets shared far and wide. That leads to a better understanding of problem and a better plan of attack for executing on that project. The second is that great teams communicate informally. Meaning here that they're not always talking about work. They're not always only communicating about the task at hand or sharing project updates. They're not always just communicating via email or informal meetings. Great teams get to know each other as people, not just collaborators on a project. Great teams take the time to communicate informally. This might look like wasted time. You know, on a great team that really performs well, you might find that they can't possibly start a meeting on time because they're spending too much time enjoying each other's company, catching up with each other, etc. You may also find that you can't shuffle them off to another meeting because they're lingering afterwards to do the same thing. And if you were to study their electronic communication, whether that's an email or Slack or text messages, you'll find there's a mix of work-related updates and some personal updates there as well. Now, if we really want to obey the perfect rules of this, we separate those two things out into different mediums of communication and into different uh, channels if it's in the same medium of communication. But the point is that great teams know each other on a personal level as well. They take the time to get to know each other, to develop that into a friendship, and they're more likely to feel bonded to each other, more willing to help each other as a result. 
With respect to The Godfather, there is no such thing as it's not personal, it's just business. All business is personal, and great teams know that. That's why they communicate informally as well. The third is that great teams communicate externally, meaning they're not siloed, right? They're not engaging in turf wars with all sorts of other teams. Great teams send their members out to communicate with other teams. Now, this helps in multiple different ways. The first is it makes it more likely that other teams, whether that's internal teams or whether that's customers or vendors or suppliers, those other teams will trust that team better because they'll have personal relationships with different members of the team. They'll be more likely to trust them. They'll also be more likely to keep them informed where they might not keep other teams informed. The other thing that it does is it really kind of spreads the definition of team to larger than just the same people working on that project. The more you communicate externally, the more you start to see everybody as collaborating with your core team on the project. The more you increase a sense of membership or shared identity onto the team, and the more likely you are to get help from those other people as well. By contrast, poor teams are so focused on themselves, so focused on struggling for resources that they all but ignore other teams. And when they do talk to them, it's usually to complain about something they're not providing that team. That's a recipe for failure, and it's something that great teams avoid. The fourth is that great teams communicate in bursts. So they balance times of frantic communication with times of what might look like basically no communication. This doesn't mean that there's been some argument and they're all ghosting each other and going off to their own separate quarters. No, great teams know that they need to balance time spent talking about the work with time actually doing the work. And so they're not in meetings with each other and with other teams all of the time. They've carved out specific times on their calendar to let their people work undisturbed. And when they do check in with each other, okay, it might take a while to get the meeting going because they're trying to communicate informally and build more of those bonds, but they're very focused when they do and they're communicating what actually needs to be said and almost oversharing information so they can make the best use of the time that they're together in order to make the best use of the time that they're apart where they already have the information, they've already been informed, and they can really focus in and do the deep work that actually creates value. So great teams communicate equally, informally, externally, and communicate in bursts. And most of the time, they haven't stumbled upon these different rules, these different norms of communication. Most of the time, it came from having open and honest conversations about their communication preferences and setting some team norms. And that might seem awkward at first. It might seem restrictive. Shouldn't we just you know, let culture on a team develop uh, however it wants to? Well, most teams try that and most teams are not great. So how's that working for you? It may mean your team may be lacking one of these things, they may be lacking all of these things, but the way to get them isn't to just hope for them, it's to have a transparent conversation about the need to communicate more equitably or about the need to keep each other informed more openly or the need to spend some unstructured time together or the need to spend some dedicated time away from each other so that we can focus on the deep work and come back and communicate actually more efficiently. Whichever one of these your team is lacking, get started working towards that goal. And you'll find that as you do, the communication quality increases on your team and so does the work quality as well because great teams do communicate differently and they communicate in a way that helps everybody on the team do their best work ever. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. And if you really liked it and you want to go deeper and lead smarter, then check out the amazing resources we have for you at davidberkuscom slash resources. Guaranteed there's something in there that'll help you or your team do its best work ever.